Welcome to the Blue Mound United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Pastor Jacob, and we are in the process of launching our digital ministry. Uh, We want you to subscribe and to provide feedback as we work towards doing this better. Our goal is to enrich your faith beyond our walls through sermons, interviews, and Bible studies. We hope that you'll be patient with us and offer us a little grace as we work out the kinks in the recording process. This episode comes from a sermon called To Be Seen. Let's pick up with our scripture readings before getting into our sermon. Our first reading for this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hear now the word of God from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. As he walked along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back to, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but It is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to wash, go to Siloam and wash. Then he went, then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight, and he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. And some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, 
for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked him, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, and he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the, the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins. And are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I might believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came to this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, 
we see your sin remains. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the Holy Scriptures. Amen. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for your scriptures. We give you thanks for this story of a man and his healing. For Jesus and his teaching. We ask now that you would speak into each of our lives. That you would bring healing into our world. And that you would bring sight and blindness where appropriate. It's all for your name and for your glory that we do these things. Amen. So today's message is to be seen. And the the main and the core question that I have within this message is what is it really like to be seen? You might think, well, like, the people around me, if they can see me, they're not going to run into me. I'm not invisible. Uh, that, that could be a good thing, you know, um, just in terms of practical daily living, right? And then there's, there's others of you that might think a little bit further. You might think, well, like, if, if I do something good, like, I want somebody to, like, recognize that. Like for those of you that have been uh, at home, this working from home or teaching your children or, or for whatever reason, if, if you've done an extra chore, maybe you want uh, your family, your spouse, uh, your significant other of any kind to recognize that. You might want to, to have your good work around the house be seen. You might want credit for that. And others of you might think, oh, well, I, I don't really need any credit. I don't, I, don't wanna, I, I don't really want to be seen in that way. Some of us don't want to be seen at the grocery store. Some of us uh, want to project our life to look a particular way uh, through our posts on social media or the way that we interact with others in public, the way that we dress a certain way or do our hair a certain way, whether we comb our hair to cover that spot that's thinning. Yes, I experienced that a little bit myself. I think about what it means to be seen, and I think about Scripture, and I think about how Adam and Eve, right after they ate, the fruit in the garden that they weren't supposed to, it says that their eyes were opened and they, they saw that they were naked, so they hid themselves. And how many of us feel like to be seen would be to be, to be seen as lacking or to be seen as naked, and so we do our best to hide something. about one of my favorite hymns, The Summons. And one of the lines within it says, Will you love the you you hide if I but 
call your name. So to be seen, what, is it, what does it mean? What is our living out of that? What is our circumstance of that? Do we want to put out an image that we want people to see so that we can hide a different part of ourselves? Or do we want to just hide ourselves altogether? There's this concept in, in media relations that it is... Uh, you control the story, you control the narrative. And so that, that tells people to be proactive about the message that they're putting out. Is that the way we go about living our lives? What does it really mean to be seen? That's, that's the question that, that on some level each of us have within us, whether we know that we're asking it or we don't. And so what does that have to do with our scripture passages today? Well, the Ephesians passage is, is quite obvious. It says, like, the things that are in darkness remain in darkness, and the, the things that are done in light are, uh, God makes those good. And so our Ephesians passage is, is kind of straightforward about letting things be seen and how that is a good thing. And then this chapter 9 of John, where Jesus restores the sight of a blind man. And it's a really simple story, but it's also really not. You see, in a narrative sense, it makes for a good movie. In fact, I thought about using a video clip uh, to, to illustrate the scripture for us today in a different way. There, is, there are uh, videos where the Bible is portrayed in a movie form, and it follows, there's one that follows this particular passage nearly word for word, and it's a good way of understanding things in a different light. The narrative sense of this story is good. Uh, a man who was blind and begging encounters Jesus, and Jesus restores his sight. A couple things to know. Jesus spat on the ground and wiped mud on his eyes. Just in general, right now, I would not recommend uh, dealing with other people's saliva uh, because uh, germs, and we don't want to be spreading those right now. But this is not anybody. This is God, God's self, walking the earth. He spits on the ground, makes mud, wipes it on the man's eyes, tells him to wash in Siloam. And the man's sight is restored. But it occurs to me that prior to this man's sight being restored, his faith was debated. The disciples even. The, the very people that were walking with Jesus day in and day out, they asked Jesus, hey, uh, there's this man, and he was born blind and he's begging. Uh, whose sin caused this, his or his parents? What's wrong with him? And Jesus, his response is to heal the man. 
And then after the man is healed, then he's debated again. He's, he's made well. He's not a blind beggar on the side of the road anymore. And even still, people discount this man. They say, well, it couldn't be him. It must be somebody that looks like him. And the Pharisees wonder, how was it that you were healed? Like, what's this all about? We don't believe what you're saying. In fact, we reject what you're saying so much that eventually we put you out of the synagogue. They drove him out. And Jesus comes to him and offers him assurance. He says that he had come into the world so that for judgment so that those who are blind might see and those who see may become blind. And I always wrestled with, with this next interaction where Jesus then responds to the Pharisees. The Pharisees say, well, surely you're not saying that we're blind. In a sense, they're saying, well, we see, don't we, Jesus? Like, you don't, like you're, not, you're not here about us, are you? And Jesus does something not really familiar with when it comes to Jesus' interaction in the world. I'm more used to his interaction on the cross where he prays for the, the centurions who are casting, they're casting lots. They're essentially rolling dice for his clothes. And Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm used to the Jesus that says, forgive them. I'm not used to this interaction where he says, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. What is this all about? And it really didn't come to me until I was watching The Grinch at home the other day. You're familiar with Grinch, the green guy, the Whoville. Dr. Seuss, he steals Christmas. And then there's this little Silu who. Well, in the version, the newer version, where um, Benedict Cumberbatch plays the Grinch, uh, towards the end of the movie, uh, little Cindy Lou Who, after the Grinch has stolen everything and after he's confessed to the whole town and brought the sled full of things back, he goes back up to his cave and little Cindy Lou who comes up and knocks on his door. And she invites him to Christmas dinner. And he says, well, are you sure you want me at dinner? Like, don't you know that I've stolen Christmas? Don't you know that nobody likes me? Don't you know, can't you see me? 
Can't you see what's wrong with me? Nobody wants me at dinner. And what does Cindy Lou Who respond? She says, yeah, I know. Dinner's at six. Bring the dog. She saw him. And she loved him. In this story, in John chapter 9, this man was blind and he was sitting on the road. He was there for all of them to see every day. And instead of helping him, instead of trying to heal him, instead of loving him, they judged him and they debated him. Whose sin is it? His or his parents? What's wrong with him? And Jesus comes along and he sees him. He heals him. He loves him. He also restores his sight. And then later on, when the, when the Pharisees are saying, well, surely we're not blind, Jesus' response, if you really see, your sin remains. If you have seen and not loved, if you know what needs to be done and you choose to look the other way, That's not the gospel message. That's what Jesus is saying here. The, the gospel message is to see people in their flaws, in their brokenness, in maybe even their sin, and love them. What does it mean to be seen? Uh, I heard a poem one time that said, to be seen is to be known, and to be known is to be seen. And I wish I could tell you the author, but I could not for the life of me find it. If you know it, please drop it in the comments. I'd like to read the rest of the poem again. To be seen is to be known, and to be known is to be seen. You see, God sees us. God sees us in all of our mess. God sees every good thing that we've done. And God sees all of the ways that we fall short in this life. God has seen us. God knows us. God knows your deepest, darkest thoughts. God knows your insecurities. And what does God do in response to this? He comes. To us. He seeks us out. And he loves us. He loves us fully. Everything that we are, God loves. There's a song by Torin Wells. Maybe you'll pull it up after worship today. It's called Fully Known. The chorus says, to be known, fully known, and loved by you. That's the, the essence of the gospel message. You see, God created us. 
And God wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to be loved. And so God sees us. God sees you. Not as a way of pointing the finger and getting on to you like a parent who found out you ate the last cookie. But as a parent that says, I love you anyway, that, that what you did, what you did doesn't get in the way of my love for you. And see, that's the call that God gives to us as followers of Jesus is how do we see one another? Do we see each other's flaws and point them out and say, this is the reason why this person should not be trusted? Do we, do we see a person's flaws and say, see, that's why you can't do that. That's why you need to keep your distance from him or from her. Do we see each other? Do we see each other's brokenness and use that as a tool to keep our distance from one another? And I'm not talking about social distancing for keeping viruses from spreading. I'm talking about the distance of love. If we see each other for who we are, can we love one another Anyways, can you love a dog that bites your hand and nips your heels? Can you love a friend that spills the beans of your crush in middle school? Can you love somebody who's hurt you worse than that? What does it even mean to love those people? For so many of those things, I don't have the answer, and I know that I don't live it out perfectly myself. But what I do know is this. What is it like to be seen? To be seen is to be known. To be known is to be seen. And when it comes to God, to be known is to be loved. God knows you, and God loves you no matter who you are or what you've done. God loves you. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode of Blue Mound Methodist Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out in any way, please send us an email at office at bluemoundumc.org. We'd love to hear from you. If you've been blessed by this podcast, I want to challenge you to share this blessing with others by investing and inviting. Invite someone you know who might be blessed to hear this, to listen to it directly, or by sharing it on social media. Additionally, we ask you to make an investment in this digital ministry by going to bluemoundumc.org and clicking Give Now, or by donating through the Anchor Podcast app. This would help to expand the reach of this digital ministry and expand the gospel message. God bless.